This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul here with John Crane. We are here tonight to talk a little bit, of, a little bit of Angels baseball about last night's pretty interesting performance. A debut by Griffin Canning. Um, nice first three innings. Also, want to talk about Vladdy Jr. We have an article that we kind of want to poke at from LA Sports Hub, and also we do want to congratulate Tim Mead on his new job as a president of the Pro Football. Not pro football, geez. Am I on? Am I on something tonight, John? Pro baseball <laughs> Hall of Fame. Wow. Not wow. the Rams. Not the Rams. Not the Rams tonight, man. Okay. So, John, first things first, dude. How you doing? I'm still buzzing from the electricity of last night. There was so much to wrap your head around last night, and and luckily it ended up with a win. So, I, it was a it was a it was a fun place to be last night. Well, kind of give us the lowdown. Well, actually, hold on one second, folks. By the way, we are podcasting during the game. Right now, the Angels are up in the top of the second, one nothing in Game 2 of the series. It's a little weird that we'd be podcasting during the game, but John and I live on separate coasts. He lives out there in SoCal. I live on the East Coast in the hinterland known as Northeast Ohio, and our time to connect is now. So you actually have to watch a little bit of baseball with us as we talk baseball. Okay. Now, John, fill us in. Tell us about the game last night from your experience. Uh, the fans were hyped for everything. They were hyped for Griffin Canning. Everybody was, uh, you know, when he walked on the field. That guy just, you know, and I, I heard um, Billy Up, not Billy Upler, um, Brad Asmus talking about it, too. I mean, the guy was cool as a cucumber. Um, you know, I watched him warm up. He did, and and he had a huge fan base. He had a huge fan base. His family, several hundred in a, in one section. So I mean, he he had uh, all the support, but all the reason to have nerves. And I I didn't see nerves last night. And there uh, was there, of course. Vlad Vlad didn't make it. Uh, he didn't make it to the game, but his son was there, and and he had a lot of fan support from Angels uh, Angels uh, fans who were excited to see him all the way into the ninth inning. They were screaming for him. And I was thinking, okay, hold on a second. Um, we, you know, it's a close game. We don't need him to be <laughs> causing any fireworks, but 
uh, it was very electric. Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun fun game to be at. Plus, I got a, an Otani uh, Rookie of the Year sweatshirt, so I got that. Was it a high quality sweatshirt? You know what? For a baseball, yes, it is. It actually is a pretty high quality sweatshirt. Uh, my daughter grabbed it from me as soon as I got home, and uh, the oldest daughter she took it from me. I'm not going to wear it. I don't wear sweatshirts. But um, it, for yeah, for a baseball, yes, it is a very high quality sweatshirt. I got to say. Vladdy Jr. just struck out in the top of the second, though, and struck out. It was a pretty violent at bat the way he was trying to kill that baseball. So I think he might be pressing a little bit in his debut in Anaheim. Uh, what about the rest of the night, though, in terms of just the experience of seeing, you know, we came on, we, I podcasted live, just kind of going through the, the, the first meeting between Canning and Vladdy Jr. was really neat to talk about. I'm, neat was my word last night, by the way. And seeing just these two rookies and go face-to-face and hopefully we see them going face-to-face the next 10, 15 years. And, you know, but you were there live and you got to see this first at-bat and see how these two went at each other. What was it like for you? What was the, the ballpark like? You know, how did you view it? Like I said, the ballpark really was torn because everybody was rooting for Canning, obviously. And again, Canning had a had a huge he had a huge uh, fan base. He had his family, his dad was there. They had a huge section. I just got hundreds of people that were there to watch him. And um, and of course, Vladdy Jr. had uh, I I I'm I have a loud voice and I like to scream and I yelling his name trying to get Vlad Jr.'s uh, uh, attention and uh, you know he was focused he didn't really uh, acknowledge me and I was on the angel side so that was during warm-up but um, everybody like I said right from the beginning to the end I gotta tell you towards the end of the game I was very impressed by the amount of crowd that was still there uh, angel fans tend to leave you know by the after the seventh inning stretch a, la- a large mask goes I saw I don't know if it was the Otani sweatshirts making it look more or whatever but the place <laughs> looked the place did not look like we lost the amount of people they normally lose on it and and of course it was a close game too so it was the only disappointing part about that night and i know we'll get into that is that canning canning didn't get the win uh but other than that it was i think it was everything advertised so a couple of things i've been noticing here and again you're out there and folks don't think for a minute that i am in any way bashing our fans i'm not it's just i live in the east coast we are, you know, watching a team that's okay. They're 13 and 17. They're not very good. They're not great. They're, they're not awful. They're just kind of okay. And I'm seeing a lot of empty seats out there in Anaheim. What's going on with the fans out there? Are they still engaged? Are they disappointed in what's been going on in the club? Why, you know, this team has been drawing 3 million fans a year for a long time. What's happening out there to see, especially on a night like last night, so few uh, people not there? Well, I mean, if, you, if I guess that they go by tickets sold, and I, our attendance by tickets sold is generally pretty high. I think we have a lot of season ticket holders. Um, I can always secure a ticket from StubHub uh, literally in the parking lot walking in, um, and I mean, plenty of tickets. So, you know, you're right, though, as far as attendance goes, and we're not, um, we're not uh, you know, when the freeway series, I don't really like going to the freeway series, not because I don't like the Dodgers. I don't, Dodger fans are just, I'm jealous, are just so... They spend the whole nine innings. Let's go, Dodgers. Let's go. And Angel fans are cooler. Orange County 
cucumbers uh, for the most part. You know, we don't, um, they put the make noise sign up there. Everybody claps until it turns off. And then once it turns off, everybody stops clapping and they sit down. And you're, I'm, I'm like going, come on, we're supposed to keep the noise going. <laughs> What's well, the personality, though? I mean, Orange County folks are are very laid, are alert. She's a very laid back people. And, you know, my, my aunt and uncle like to go to Angels games. They're there pretty often. They're laid back people. They just love to sit in, take the game, take in the atmosphere. And Angel Stadium has a very friendly atmosphere. And it's just a nice place to watch a game. And it's just a different type of baseball to both watch and to view, really. The Angels are just a different kind of team. So I, I can see why the culture would be different. And I know you're a loud guy. You're a boisterous guy. You you really get into anything you do to the point where I think, I wonder if you've just been drinking coffee all day, every day, <laughs> just, you know, had like an IV just lodged into your arm. And, you know, are there track lines there? And I got to check you for that. So I get it. It's just that I'm still used to seats being full. I'm not worried about how loud people are. I'm just I'm just wondering if the fans are just as engaged with this club as they have been in the last 18 20 years since the World Series. Well, I mean if you're going back to the World Series, I might not I don't, you know, I, mean, I can tell you right now that crowd last night was a good sized crowd and for it to be, I mean, when I'm talking seats filled um, and uh, when you're talking about, uh, but after even that, and I did notice after the seventh inning, there was still a lot more people than normally are there uh, at that time. I like to sit by myself as I think I've indicated to you. You might have even seen my picture of a band sitting up in the upper deck, mm-hmm. <laughs> me kind of admiring him though. I was down in the lower decks. And um, so I, I just think that's what Angel, my experience is. And, and I've really been only been really actively attending games. Yeah, since, uh, you know, for me, yeah, like you said, 10, 15 years. Um, this is uh, this is what we have. You know, the, the attendance dollar wise, I think it's there. If you look at the numbers and the numbers they report, but. Do they go every night? Do they stay all game? I don't think so. But if we got if we got competitive, uh, I mean competitive for a, an actual championship, you know, or playoff run, I think it would certainly fill up. I remember the Thunder Six. I know you do too. That was mm-hmm. dynamic, <laughs> among many things. And again, this is not an attack towards Angel fans. I'm on your side. I mean, I'm, as an Angel fan, I'm on, folks. I'm out there. With us, you're the whole reason we do this podcast. We're trying to reach out and connect with you and cover this team together. So we're we aren't criticizing angel fans here okay what i'm simply asking for is there a loss of engagement and to be quite frank no one would blame anybody for having a loss of engagement when the team has not been living up to expectations for the last five six years can we agree on that yeah, but I also agree. I, I I agreed on that, but I also just don't think Angel fans are Dodger fans. We don't expect that, you know, you can go on Facebook and you can find people calling for Sosha's job last year, but we don't expect a championship every year. Um, we want one. We expect for them to be working for one. I'm not saying that we're, we're going to settle to be the Cubs fans and not have a game. You know, I mean, now, of course, they won a World Series, but um, um, and we do like to be competitive, but 
they they do just like to go, you know, we don't have the expectations of the Dodgers and Lakers. We're not screaming for a championship in five years and say, kill, you know, can, can, can everybody. Uh, that's not us. There are pe- individuals who do criticize Artie Moreno. I don't understand the, that, but, um, and obviously Sosha's gone. So there has been a change, but. I just don't see that it's it's a nuts it's a chill play. I mean, I go to Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium is, I guess, because I'm an Angel fan. I just don't enjoy it. The atmosphere it's a little more rambunctious, a little more uh, intimidating, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Though there you, there is that element too. Um, Angel fans are. I do wish they would scream. I do wish they would yell more. If I could say anything, I wish Angel fans were louder. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the worst criticism you have for Angel fans, I guess they'll take it. <laughs> but I, I I enjoy, you know, I, it's been a long time. I wish, I, I got to be honest, it's been 15 years since I've set foot in Anaheim Stadium. It's been, I've missed it. I like going to games there. And I just enjoy sitting in the sun and with the breeze coming in and watching Angels baseball. And even now as we're watching on, you know, watching MLB TV I, I miss it. I miss the opportunities to do that. So I'm a little jealous of you that you get those things. That's why I, I think you kind of felt bad. And that's why you're sending that bobblehead over my way. <laughs> you felt bad for me. I mailed it on Friday. Hey, if I got an extra bobblehead, last night I actually flew solo to the game. So I only got one sweatshirt. Uh, my daughter was supposed to take my younger daughter, but she had a meeting. And, uh, you know, uh, my kids are getting older, getting busier. I grab all the chances I can for them to go with me. My other daughter worked. Yeah. Uh, so I went solo. But so I only got one sweatshirt and my daughter took it from me. Well, going back to the actual game itself, though, the Angels won 4-3 in that one. And it was just a really fun game. In the end, what were the things that made it most special when you have players like Guerrero Jr. and Canning and so on and so forth out there? I mean, I was happy to see Vladdy Jr. there, but I wasn't as much. I mean, and I did cheer him. I did cheer him when he in, early on in the game. But this Canning, just you know, his first start. What and I, I goes back to. Um, uh, I can't now. I should never bring up a name that I can't remember. Uh, but uh, the first That's time okay, a rookie, you're old. It's fine. rookie's debut. Yes, I am old. The, a rookie debut. And I mean, and this kid did not act like a rookie. This kid acted like a professional. And he did what I would what I would pat every uh, starter on the angel staff uh, on the back. He he left in the fifth inning and and gave us a chance to win. He left with a uh, he left with a lead. He didn't have enough innings to get the win. And um, I mean, that's what can you expect from a, a kid making his a twenty three year old kid making his first start? Plus, when he got he got what, what five strikeouts in a row. He would he retired fifteen in a row. Am I am I am I are my numbers right here? I'm pretty sure. Um, well, if he, he retired the first ten batters he faced, yeah. Yeah, strikeouts in that time frame. So yeah. I guess I guess the question though for you that I would have is evaluate the performance. The first three innings looked great, okay, and things started to kind of. He had some issues there heading into the in the fifth, and so break down his performance overall. Let's get into. We've been talking like fanboys for a little bit. Now let's actually get into the actual baseball itself. What did you like from Canning? What didn't you like from Canning? Where did you see areas of improvement, and what was what was already there? 
Well, it's hard to, you know, again, I'm not, I'm going to put his age and his, and this was being his first start. I loved, I loved his, his, the first three innings. And I think, you know, and I think uh, um, Brad Asmus was the one who said it last night in the press conference, you know, he, he, he'd had so much. And then when he got out of that jam with only one run, I mean, that you you really thought that the wheels were going to blow, you know, were going to fall off the wagon with the bases loaded. And he got out of that with only one run. Um, and then he threw that wild pitch. You know, the guy, I mean, the guy there was showed a little bit of nerves. But um, to only get out of that with run run was one of was my most impressive. I was impressed by that. Um, and um, and the court, the uh, I guess you'd say, yeah, you know, like, I, but he's a kid. He can't, he, so he, he, he went back out and, and his nerves finally got down to him. His adrenaline was so high. And I think it finally crashed. And uh, for an angel starter to make it into the fifth inning today is pretty standard fare. I mean, to be taken out in the fifth inning is pretty standard fare. Um, so other than, uh, you know, maybe that wild pitch, um, I can't think of anything that I would really be, uh, find, wrong about i mean you know uh, criticize about his performance and i know we're not criticizing his, his performance but i mean it's pretty standard that usually especially in a debut unless they're especially dominant and keeping pitch counts low they usually won't let you go past five six innings for a debut and yeah so you know it doesn't really surprise you i also noticed with him you know you say he looked like a professional he did but watching him from where I was with all the TV cameras closed, you could tell he was nervous. The way his fastball kind of floated at times, you could tell that you know he was pretty jazzed. I think it's normal for any human being. I really am interested in seeing how he performs on the road in his next start. I really want to see how, you know, getting away from the home crowd and you know, there's always pressure when you debut in front of your home crowd. Man. You don't want to be embarrassed at home. So I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. That fastball, though, is lively. I like yeah. that fastball. It's, it's it moves so well. And something I like about I, I just was heard that on the way home today is he's staying with the team. You know, a lot of times the rookie pitches they send him down to get more action. He's not going to be able to start for a little bit, but he they, they're going to keep him with the team. He's not going back down. He's going to train with the team. I like that. And he needs to be. You know, if you, you don't, I don't think you bring him up for one start, send him back down, when you already have all the pitching problems you have. You might as well keep him up with the team and give him the rotation. That's well, that's the point. There. He is in the, he, I'm not saying they were going to take him out of the rotation, but sometimes when they have such the gap, you know, they're going to be going to Mexico, this, that, um, and, and I don't, he's not going to pitch in Mexico. The time in between, uh, you know, they, they'll send him down to get an extra start, and they're not doing that in this case. Well, Keep him up. I think you're right there. Yeah, Keep him up. I do too. I agree. Keep him up. I'm with you. Okay, so moving on. Again, you know, right now, by the way, it's the top, sorry, bottom of the second. The Angels have a man on second base. The Toronto is challenging the tag. They're at second base. It's one nothing. Interesting game there. Um, pretty, you know, this, this is, the Blue Jays and the Angels are having some really nice games to start off this series. I really, I'm really enjoying it. Another thing I wanted to ask you about as well is to me. I you really talked more about him yesterday and I think that you know he kind of is a very understated guy. You don't really know too much about him on first glance. 
Tell us about Tim Mean and what he's meant to this organization over the years. The, humble. The man is, it's it's truly an honor to meet him. I, 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 my, my daughter's school, he actually lives in the same town I live in. And my daughter's school, your their fifth grade elementary field trip is ta- is a trip to Angel Stadium and a tour by Mr. Tim Mead. And when I say tour, I, that's fine. We go we go to the locker room. I have pictures of I have a picture of my twenty year old daughter sitting in front of a uh, Tory Hunter's locker. Um, and he says, no, people don't, he makes it clear to the kids. This is not where normal people go, but he takes them there. The kids don't touch anything. And so I have pictures of both my kids in the locker room. I have pictures of both my kids in the dugout, but all that's neat and all that's great. But the wisdom that he, that he, um, gives to those children, uh, whether they absorb it or not, is I just sit there and with slack jawed in awe listening to him because you as a father of daughters would appreciate mm-hmm. what I, what he says to me. He talks about, you know, you don't have to be an athlete to play to work for the angels. You know, boy, girl, you know, he separates. You don't have to be you know, you're a boy. You don't have to be a girl. You don't have to be an athlete. You can play for the angels. He goes over important things like 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 social media. He says, you know, we look at social media um, and he says it all much more articulately than I can. And um, and he's such he's such a jet at spring training. So I've met him twice there. I met him. Uh, I, I work for an insurance company. I work for AAA. And he I, I looked out. I, this was when I was in working on our diamond in, in our local branch. And I look out and he I see him sitting out there. He's in he's in a T-shirt and sweats. He's just sitting out in the lobby and I go out there and I go, hey, Mr. Mead. And of course, he recognizes me. He doesn't. I don't expect him to know my name. I say right away, my name is John. He doesn't know my name, but he recognized me. Hi. And, and uh, I think he would, you know, anyways. And I sit there and I proceed to chew his ear off for 15 minutes. And then I go, hey, what are you here for? And he goes, I just need an inspection on my car, meaning we got to go out and take a couple pictures. And I go, I'm sorry, I can do that for you. So the man let me chew his ear off for 15 minutes, interact. We talked about Mike Sosha. It's when he told me about, um, it's when he told me about uh, Billy Upler wanted to go in another direction. And 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 he mentioned even today how sad he was. That was the saddest day when they let Sosha non-renewed his contract. Um, he's just such a genuine, he's a genuine man. I have ran into him on multiple occasions and every time he's treated me like a friend. Um, I is so well, is, well, and he's been with the organization for forty years. Um, he says it's just a treat to meet him. Maybe you go out if I if I ever get out to the Cooperstown, I'll look him up. I'm sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure he's not moving though. It's you know sometimes we we forget that it's not just about the players on the field. It's not just about the general manager or even the owner. There are so many vital cogs to an organization that we don't know about. And even in today's Orange China Register, there was an article there just talking about how the Angels are really losing something special. And his the, his loss, the losing him, will be felt throughout the entire organization. And, you know, folks, sometimes you just want to give thanks to the guy for what people do in their position to help make life better for the fans, and he's one of them, so... Good man to me. Congratulations, though, to him for getting such a wonderful job to, as the uh, president of the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
All you had to do was be on Twitter yesterday to see how much love's out there for him because it was exploding about Tim Mead yesterday. So another news as well, just moving on here. Shohei Otani, uh, the word is out now. He has at least another week before returning. The Angels he's faced about twenty-five uh, simulating uh, live action uh, at bats here, and that's a good start here. It's also looking more and more like we expect him to be hitting against left-handed pitching more, which means I'll probably see him almost every game. If that's the case, you know what's going to happen with Albert and Justin and uh, Justin Bohr. I'm guessing we're going to see a platoon there instead. Very. Interesting to see what's going to happen there once Otani returns and it's creeping up, folks. It's May 1st. You know, I would think, what, by May 10th? We want to think it's that? Probably about by May 10th, you think? Mm-hmm. I that sounds right. There. I would think there. so. So uh, before we we um, head on here, we do want to say, hey, if you like what we're doing, sponsor us. We'd really appreciate it. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com if you like what we're doing. Uh, help us get the lights on here because I, I think at this point John's living in a barn and there are cats and stuff in there and with diseases. It's getting kind of weird. Yeah, so hey, you know, help us you know, help us put the show on for you. It's six five seven six 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 five four five three. Leave us a voicemail unless you're interested. We'll reach out to you. Also, hey, we are now on iTunes. We are we are arriving, okay? We're on iTunes. If you could go there, subscribe leave a five-star review if you if you like what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, hey, give us a chance to improve before you leave a lower score. Email <laughs> us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you'd like to hear more from us on the show about. Tell us what you'd like us to do to help get you more into Angels baseball. And trust me, we have lots of plans. You are going to see us over the course of time talking with players, uh, talking with different members of the media who cover this team on a daily basis you're going to see us getting more and more involved with the angels every single step of the way okay so that's out of the way here's the big article there's an article out today on lasportshub.com and i have to be honest i'm going to tear it apart this is not personal towards the author let me tell you his name his name is jason reed Jason Reed, okay, a writer. It's a fan-sided network, so these are basically fans, okay? Uh, writers who write about their favorite team. And, and I'm not down them. You know, our podcast kind of has the the media guy, the professional, and the fan hero, John. And that's kind of our stick here. We, we, we want to bring those things together. So this is not about him, anything wrong with his work in terms of him as a person. What I will say I have a problem with is the actual point he's making. And it, the, the article's titled, The Los Angeles Angels Will Never Make the Playoffs with the Current Plan. And he writes, quote, The Los Angeles Angels had the biggest win in the franchise could possibly have had prior to the season when it was announced that Mike Trout agreed to a 12-year extension that would virtually guarantee... Virtually make him an angel for life. Well, first, John, go ahead and correct that. Oh, yeah, it's a 10-year contract. He already had two years. It was a 10-year extension. <laughs> okay, so right now you, you you can kind of see where the knowledge base is. Okay, it's a, He already had the two years. It's just 10 more years added on. Come on, man. If, I caught, we're that, go. if I caught that, hmm. <laughs> All right. 
So he continues. It's a good thing the Angel fans got that win before the season because since then the team has not enjoyed very many wins. Okay. We just about a month in the books. Things are currently last in American League with a 12 and 17 record. We're 13 and 17 now. Now here's the point he makes. He talks about how the only success they've had against a playoff caliber team was the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they've been noticeably worse against the Athletics, the Cubs, Yankees, and even the Mariners. Okay, yeah, no kidding. This is the now. This is not the future. What he talks about, though, is interesting. While the team is missing both Shohei Otani and Justin Upton, the lack of death on the team has been exposed. The best teams in the league have death, and the Angels have proven throughout the year that just one injury can derail things. If it is Mike Trout, there's one thing, but a true playoff team should be able to still be able to win games without Justin Upton. Okay. It's not just Justin Upton. We just lost Cody Allen. Okay. Mm. We, we started the year without Tyler Skaggs, Otani, of course. It's not just that. And the, the thing he ends this with, okay, again, quoting, it is the odd strategy of signing guys that have already peaked that has led to this. Just look at the guys who already have peaked that are struggling thus far this season. The Angels have done an awful job of, re- of building a respectable farm and instead has been reliant on these one-off signs that have not paid off. Well, dude, you're only 30 games in. You don't know whether or not they're going to pay off. Okay? Well, okay, for Justin Bohr, we know he's not going to pay off. But Matt Harvey's had two quality starts. Trevor Cahill has the rest of the season still to figure things out. Okay, but you and I have talked about this. And it blows my mind the lack of actual thought that went into this article. To, to This is how you reach your conclusion. They're never going to, what? Become a playoff team based on this? What makes you think that this is the plan? I'm, well, yeah, we sign we sound we sign Trout. That's the plan. <laughs> let's just we'll sign. We, we sign we sign players with short term contracts, to, and there is a plan. Well, and you and I have been kind of tearing this up here uh, first in our in our practice podcast before we got started, and now as we've entered the season up, right? This is ridiculous. And thinking is so short sighted. Two years ago, the Angels farm system was the worst in baseball. Now it's generally ranked just outside the top 10. We just saw the first starting pitching prospect in the Angels organization make a debut in eight years last night in Griffin Canning. There's more guys on the way. Joe Adele, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hold on a minute. While you're developing these guys... Are you going to go out there and, and sign people to long-term contracts? No, you're not. Is you asking me? No, you're not. You're absolutely. This is what, this is how it's, you know, it's easier to see like in like the, uh, because uh, other sports uh, like basketball, they tank, you know, they, and I'm not saying we're tanking, but they clear out, you know, they're signing players just to clear cap space, shorten out contracts so that you have, you have negotiating room. And I believe that that's what the Angels are doing right now. Well, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't put in here that and the Angels aren't going to win the World Series this year. <laughs> well, no, believe believe Sherlock. <laughs> it doesn't mean they can't compete for the wild card this year. We don't know what they're going to do midseason. We don't know what trades are going to happen. We don't know how can if Canning pans out and the hitting turns around, then we can survive with eh pitching. So we this could be a, a rough start, but. They might not have gotten hot yet, for all we know. So, I I I am in no rush to judge this team. And guess what? Even if they go down this year and win sixty seven games, sixty five games, and they have an awful year, that doesn't mean jack for long term. Because the real point this year is not to win a World Series. We all know that. Anybody with a fully functional brain, heck, anybody with a halfway functioning brain right now should be able to see this. And it blows my mind that he doesn't see it. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can diminish uh, you know, us not having uh, Shohei Otani, us not having Je- Justin Upton, um, you know, Rookie of the Year. He was honored last night, got his plaque. Um, and, uh, I mean, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we're not going to win the World Series. He should have just, just, that should have been the titles. The Angels aren't going to win the World Series this year. <laughs> but he's blaming the plan. And here's the real, the reality. What plan? When did the plan start? He, he doesn't know the plan. <laughs> he thinks the plan is just keep signing a bunch of dudes with one-year contracts who are over yeah. the hill. <laughs> That's not know. the plan. So here's the plan, folks. I guess it's from, you know, I, I've been following this team for a long time. I've been following baseball for a long time. John, he's been following baseball since the 1869 Reds, okay? We <laughs> have been around a little bit, okay? That's not the plan. Here's the plan. The Angels are paying a bunch of these dudes on one-year-ish deals. Mid-range money. Okay, guys who can still contribute, who are probably either in their peak or a little past their peak, and these guys are going to move on as the young bucks move up through the minors and come to majors. What Sorry. the heck just happened there? Oh Sorry, my, my phone just went off. My phone just went off. I thought it was like Red Dawn and people were invading. <laughs> so, like, that's what's happening. These guys are on the roster right now basically holding a spot, playing baseball, furthering their careers as best they can as the Angels develop their youth and bring them up the pipeline. Okay, Part B of that is you have big money contracts who are are weighing this roster down. The Angels are not going to be out there spending $25 million, $30 million on another star when they've got Albert Pujols burdening this payroll of $28 million a year. They need to get his payroll out of there first. So your job has to be develop the guys you got, find the bargains where you are, and get these guys to the minors. So when they presented this contract to Mike Trout, you're with me here on this, John, right? Yeah. Okay. And 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 see that twelve year contract, right? The twelve year contract. contract. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) listen, we've said this before. Mike Trout didn't sign this contract. To be on a losing team for the next decade, they had to have pulled something out, a plan, put it in front of them, said, This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. You're the center of that. We're going to pay you this much. 
do you believe in what we're doing? He's a loyal dude. We all know Mike Trout's a loyal guy. But he's not staying in Anaheim to lose. That that gave me, yeah, exactly. When he signs a 10-year contract, you know he, he didn't sign it blind. He didn't sign it, oh, I just want to be an angel. He sat down and, and yeah, there's he, 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 there's a plan. And they got him. We got we got twelve years with him. Uh, we got Shohei Otani. If, I mean, if he can just get healthy one way or the other, offensively pitching, however, he's going to help us. He's going to help us. Could help us both ways. Um, and we got young pitchers. I mean, like I said, we you know, we, we ain't going to win. You know, we ain't going to win this year, but. I, I, I like our spot, and we, we and we have we have a farm system that's developed quite quite nicely. It's no longer breath of town. What Billy Epler has done, and I, I get tired of seeing people crush on Billy Epler all the time. But he's done it in two years to turn that farm system around. Deserves credit. And until you actually see the fruition of the entire plan, people need to chill. Okay. There's a chance that he could totally blow this up, and he wouldn't be the first Angels manager, general manager, to do that. Okay, but it is ridiculous to not give him a chance to to finish what he started, especially when right now we're seeing success. We might not be seeing it on the field, but in the background, in the foundation of the organization, the farm system, we're seeing success there. We're seeing growth, and that's where it started. We want to know why the Angels faltered so much in the last six years because the farm system went to crap. That's changing. And that's yeah. That's from acquiring yeah, uh, pull the yeah going after the free agents that we did for so many years. Justin, I mean uh, Hamilton and pool holes and trying to get quick fixes when we didn't really have anything to build around them. Well. If you go out there and you spend this big money, everybody wants to go out there and spend big money. But they were taking on a lot of risk, and those risks didn't pan out. They were The Angels had this habit of basically signing a guy one year after his peak. I mean, just to be honest about that. And they're paying this big money for what they were, not what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's not happening now. They gave Trout the money for what he is now, what they believe he's going to be. He's still only 27 years old. He takes great care of his body. It's just a different situation. And it took a long time for me to come around. I just wrote an article a couple weeks, a couple not weeks ago, a couple months ago for Clutch Points, arguing that the Angels should trade Trout while they can. And then a few days later, Trout signed. And I had to rethink everything. Because I wanted the trade because I didn't think the Angels would pay the money. And they did. They surprised me. They surprised a lot of people they would be willing to pay that. Why? They have a plan. It means the center of that plan. And articles like this just show to me a lack of knowledge of the inner workings of the game. Jason, if you happen to read, man, this isn't personal. I mean, if you happen to listen, it's not personal, dude. Okay? But you got to think deeper than just the right now. You gotta think long term. You gotta use your brain a little bit to ask the big time questions. Why, if you believe this is the plan, then why does Mike Trout sign that contract? If this is the Angels' methodology for building a winner, then why does Trout basically commit the rest of his career to the Angels? 
because I wouldn't if that was the plan if I were, and that was me. When I can go to the Yankees or the Red Sox or another team that you know is going to do what they can to compete. I mean, I'm talking a lot here, John. What do you think? No, we've we've talked about this already. I know there, there's got like I agree. If you, you, Trout doesn't sign, Trout doesn't sign for nothing, and we got a new manager. Epler, obviously, I heard that from Tim Mead's mouth himself. Billy wanted his own man, and so uh, what, what, why do you get rid of Sosha? Why do you get rid of the only uh, Angels coach to win a World Series uh, and replace him with um, somebody who many Angel fans had never heard of? Um, I know he managed in Detroit, but he means he's not he's not a name. And um, because you have a plan, you don't you don't do things like that without a plan. I mean, Just like, go ahead. I mean, again, with with Ausmus too, there's a lot of questions about him, but it's about really looking forward. And maybe he'll be that guy long term or not. But it's not about the now. We, if again, I'm not saying the team won't compete for a wild card spot or anything like that this year. I'm not saying that, but this is not a World Series team. Can we all just be real about that? Mm-hmm. This is that's not where this team will be looking this year. But can they compete? Are they able to, you know, show us flashes of what they can be? Well, they already have. They swept the Brewers, one of the better teams in the National League, talent wise. So I just don't, I just don't see how this is hard. Maybe it's I'm older, forty years old, and I've been around baseball a long time, and and I just don't have tolerance for this stuff. Or maybe I expect someone who's writing this stuff in public to actually think this stuff through. Well, well, I'm looking at a at a an art, at Los Angeles Angels 2019 top 50 prospects written in January. And, um, you know, they, of course they have Joe Adele, who's not been up, but on the second tier, they have Griffin, Griffin Canning, who obviously pitched last night. We got Luis, uh, Rengifo, who's, who's already played. I mean, we've got these prospects that, that, that those were two second tier. Uh, the only, uh, Joe Adele is the top prospect and he hasn't even come and he's not up. Well, he's injured right now, right? So is he? Yeah, he's hurt. Oh, okay. I mean, he'll be up this year. These, these, do, you, do we really think, does anybody with a fully functional brain, going back to the whole fully functional brain stick here, uh-huh. does anybody think that Justin Bohr is our first baseman in the future? <laughs> or Zach Kozart, the, the third baseman in the future? These guys are 31 and 33 years old. They're on the twilight of their careers. Do you think that they, the, the Angels just went and got these guys to be the bedrock of the franchise of the future? Are they simply holding the position for somebody else to come get it? Mm-hmm. Which one do you think it is? I'll take number two. I'm going with option two. All right, so there's our way. We, well, I think we we did more than beat that horse, Sean. I think we took it out back, <laughs> shot it up a little bit, you know, Going back to the wall there at the track. Okay, so we're in top of the fourth. I was going to say, what's the score? It's one nothing Angels. Uh, they, their leadoff guy just took that ball almost out of the ballpark. Calhoun was back at the track. So it's a little weird. It's kind of like we're at the game, just having normal baseball conversation, chatting it up as the game's going on. 
I don't know. I was at the game last night. This isn't exactly like being at the game, but but you close. weren't there with the baseball guy. You were there <laughs> kind of by yourself. Hey, like, I, I just want to make one comment about last night that I that I had um, the uh, pleasure of seeing, I, and I posted. I think I think you saw it. Um, Hansel's Hansel Robles's intro video. I have never seen anything like that in my life, and if. <laughs> If if you haven't seen the it, thing? yeah, his whole video is just it, when he comes in. I've always wanted a reliever who had a a big uh, uh, intro video, and his is bizarre. Um, but yeah, the Undertaker, absolutely. I, I I was one of the one of if you're talking about one of the highlights of last night, his intro Ooh. video. I shared it on Twitter. It is uh, it is a sight to see. <laughs> I really hope that he works out as a closer. I, I do too, and he he did last night. At least for last night, he was our closer. So, well, I really hope that he does work out. I mean, he's one of those guys we're kind of cheering for, hoping he kind of makes everything happen. All right, folks, it's getting late here on the East Coast, and I'm getting tired and cranky. In case you couldn't just hear a minute ago, my whole rant. Um, John, one more thing I want to get to before we sign off tonight, and I talked about a little bit on last night's podcast. Griffin Canning's delivery has been criticized a little bit. It scares quite a few people. It scares me a little bit. But you're watching it live. Uh, I saw it kind of it reminded me a little bit of Hideki Nomo's delivery. Hideki would, he would obviously he'd bring his whole hip back further. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, the whole uh-huh. stuff. So it's not, it's not the same. But there's kind of the essence of what he does is he takes the ball in his glove he he does the kick first and then brings his arm forward and the torque to do to, to throw that going 95 miles an hour it's it's inefficient in terms of of um the delivery itself he's putting a lot more arm into it and there's a lot of concern that I'm reading up on that that could eventually well not could it will eventually lead to an arm injury especially for somebody with his slight build did you see a lot? You you saw the delivery a little closer. Um, did you see that too? Um, I'm not a big I'm not a big uh, analyst of, of pitches. Um, I just I just saw his results. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> and I liked his results. And it did from what I read. He mixed it up. He threw slide. He uh, it's it, it, he was all over the place with his you know throwing sliders and uh, fastballs and curveballs and and I did see what he topped out. What he topped out at ninety four point nine last last night. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Um, I you know I I I the kids. I, well, you know, it's interesting. I heard I, re- I I heard him or I read an article yesterday and he was talking about in UCLA how complete games. He goes, that's what I trained for. I trained to pitch complete games. That's what I'm that's what I'm I strive to do. Kid obviously believes he has endurance, um, but now he's I know he's on another level right now. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Oh, Lordy. Well, wait and see. All right, man. It is time to get rolling here, though. It is time for us to say good night, folks. If you are interested in what we do, again, check us out. John, any last thoughts? Um, I'm a lot more optimistic today than I probably have been since we started this. Okay, fair enough. 
Okay. So, folks, you can find me on Twitter, DC Apollo. You can find John at J E G S C R A I N E on Twitter. Find us as a, as a podcast at Talking Halos. We're also on Facebook. Don't forget us on Spreaker, iTunes, all those other places. We're there now for the entire Talking Halos team. This is Derek C. Apollo. Have a great one. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.